a time we remember, we should declare these words. Words control our lives. Amen? Amen? They do, they do. We should always speak the right words. You have to train ourselves to speak only that which is acceptable in the sight of the Lord, all right, so that when the Lord hears it, he can confirm something good in our lives. All right, so let's go. One, two, let's declare the word of God. One, two, go. I declare that the Lord has given me spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I said amen. Amen. God will give you insight again today in the name of Jesus Christ. He will speak a specific word. A specific word that will turn your life around. He will speak it to you today in the name of Jesus. When God loves people, what he gives them is correction. A word of wisdom. Something that they were doing wrongly. Something they did not know before. That now they should know so as to turn... No move to the next level of their lives. And I'm saying to you, you will receive your portion today in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you believe it, give me an amen. amen. Right, let's take our seats and continue studying the word of God. We're talking about the rod of God. Let's open our Bibles, our school of prayer. We are talking about the rod of God. Let's open our Bibles again to the book of Exodus chapter 14. And while you are doing that, you can also quickly open to the book of Jeremiah chapter 1. Exodus chapter 14, first of all, and then we'll read Jeremiah chapter 1. We'll start from verse um, 13, uh, just because my Bible divides it there. Now, in verse 13, after the people complained to Moses when he saw the Egyptians behind them and the Red Sea in front of them, Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians which you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent or while you hold your peace. In verse 15, the Lord now said to Moses, What you have said to them is not as accurate as it might seem, even though it sounds very spiritual. The Lord said to Moses, You have gotten the order wrong this time. I don't want people to just sit down idle. I want them to do something. And you are their champion. You are going to do something on their behalf. In verse 15, the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. As for you, this is what you are going to do. Lift up your staff or lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the sons of Israel shall go through the midst of the sea on dry land. The Bible now says that in verse 21, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept the sea back by a strong east wind all night. Not instantly, it was all night. And turned the sea into dry land, so that the waters were divided. The sons of Israel went through the midst of the sea on the dry land, 
and the waters were like a wall to them on their right and on their left. Now please note how the sea was divided. Moses stretched out a rod and that rod divided the sea. He stretched his hand over the sea with the rod of God in his hand. When God called him, we read from Exodus chapter 4. God said, this rod I have given you, with it you are going to do signs. And let's go down to Jeremiah chapter 1 again. And see quickly what that rod is for us believers. We read it last time, just trying to get our uh, Bible references correct. When God called Jeremiah, Jeremiah said, I can't do what you have said because I'm too small. I think you're making a mistake. But God said to Jeremiah, do not say I am a youth. That's in verse 7. Because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. I'm sending you somewhere. This is the ability I'm giving you, the words that I put in your mouth. I'm sending you to people that are bigger than you. I'm not telling you to lend any technique of relating with them. I'm just putting my words in your mouth. He said, now listen, verse 10. I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms by the words I put in your mouth. You understand that? To pluck up and to break down using the words I put in your mouth. To destroy and to overthrow using the same principle. To build and to plant. You will use the words for these things. And I said in verse 11, the word of the Lord came to me saying, what do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. Now, you looking at this, God said, what do you see? I see the rod of an almond tree. Moses had a rod in his hand. Before we read this matter of rod, you saw God telling Jeremiah again and again, results in life, all right, is not because you learned the methods. It's because my words are in your mouth. I am sending you against people that are greater than you. You will be able to handle them, not because you have learned the skills of human management. You get what I'm saying here. It's not because you have learned all of those things. It's simply because I have put my words in your mouth. He said, the authority I'm giving you in life to succeed the authority I'm giving you in life to do great things, to take over kingdoms, to plug them up, to break them down, to destroy them, and to overthrow anything that may stand in your path. The authority I'm giving you is by the words that I put in your mouth. With the same words you will build and you will plant. Now, this is what we have been looking at, okay? This is how Christians get results. I said to us last time, it is not because of what we ourselves are able to do, but because of what is lifted up over the circumstances of our lives, over the situations. We look, let's just read this one again. I just feel like reading it. The story of Amalek, when the people came to fight against the people of Israel. Exodus chapter 17. Let's read that one quickly. The Bible says in verse 8, Then Amalek came and fought against Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us and go out fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will station myself on the top of the hill with the staff or the rod of God in my hand. Joshua did as Moses told him. He went out to do his business, which was warfare. 
and he fought against Amalek. And Moses also did as he promised. He, Aaron, and her went up to the top of the hill. And it came about when Moses held up his hand, when he held his hand up with the rod of God in his hand, don't forget, that Israel prevailed. And when he let the rod in his hand and his hand come down, Amalek prevailed. The negative circumstances prevailed. The troubles in the family prevailed. Are you getting what I'm saying here? The sicknesses prevailed. All the troubles around prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. Sometimes in life, people's hands will be heavy. Please bear that in mind. Listen, that's something I want to talk about. You know, I've been saying it. Persistence, patience is the major problem we are having as believers. It's not that the war doesn't work. The hands of Moses were heavy. Then they took a stone and put it under him and sat on it. And Aaron and her supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Thus his hands, bearing the rod of God, were steady until the sun set. So Joshua, now because they did this thing, Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Now, we have read all of these things. Let's just continue talking. This is where we were we last time. I want to just say something here. Let me start by a testimony. Somebody spoke, um, all right, and I heard about it. A man's wife was ill. She was critically ill, and she was going to die. Doctors had given her all for, for death, that she was going to die. And then, of course, we human beings are very good people, all right? And it's good that we are good people, amen? We visit the sick, and it's a good thing. This man also, his friends came to visit. And, but they said he requested one thing. I don't know whether they said he wrote out scriptures, all right? And said anybody that's going to talk to his wife, don't tell her, Bele, Ozugo, Ndo. Don't say anything like that. Are you getting my point? Just take a scripture and read. Moses was tired. Aaron had come to visit Moses. What he was helping Moses with was to keep his hands up. Moses was tired. Her had also come to visit Moses. What he was doing was to help keep the hand up. Not to tell Moses, don't worry. Don't worry, it shall be alright. Don't let Amalek disturb you. What are they saying? No. His own was just help keep my hands up. Don't come here to be telling me any, <laughs> any do, do, sorry, 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 which is what human beings do. I like the story Kenegan used to tell those days. They would call, it was a sick young man, 17 years of age, he was about to die. And everybody, in fact, it was strange because his mother would ask him, his grandmother, which songs do you want them to take at your funeral? Do you like Amazing Grace? Or you like stand up for Jesus, or you know, or, or shepherds watch their flock by night. They were asking the young boy because the funeral was being planned while he was still alive. Who would you like to carry your casket? No, I'm not joking. Those questions were asked of this young boy. Do we want your cousins to carry, or do we hire professionals? And he and his grandmother were planning his funeral because they told him he could die any time. And he had his younger brother staying in the same room with him. So that if anything, anytime he wants to die, he'll rush out to go and call people that he wants to say goodbye. That's how much they give him up for dead. And they called ministers to come. So he was reading his Bible. And he had some questions. And he needed ministers to come and help him answer. And at least three different ministers came. And they all said the same thing to him. Don't worry, my boy. It will soon be over. He didn't come to ask. He didn't call them to please come and pray for him. He's about to die. 
He wanted to know that Mark chapter 11, all right, in verse 23, Jesus said, if you ask anything and you believe, it shall be done unto you. Are you getting my point? Is it true or it is false? Because he was not quick to speak, he was too ill. Before he would talk, they would part his hands and tell him, sorry, oh, it will soon be over. Or in fact, he said, one put on his professional voice. He said, just be patient, my boy. It will soon be all over. <laughs> and he got up and he left. Now, what I'm going to say, they all came to console, but they did not console the proper way. Listen, one thing I've been trying to tell Christians recent times, I've been telling myself, when it comes to the word of God, don't reason. Are you getting my point? Yes. Don't think too much. Just get there and read out the scripture. Just leave the scripture to do its work. Are you getting my point? Let the word of God do its thing. You know, in that situation, this man's faith was being eroded on a daily basis. Why? Because the people did not know how to hold up the rod, all right, in the hands of Moses. The other man I was telling you about, one way or the other, he learned that principle. So he did not let anybody, okay, discourage his wife. When they would go in there, they would just re- read the scripture. Just read the scripture, and the word has life. That's what we're trying to teach. It has life. If, if we just persistently release that scripture, it will release the life that's contained in it. The word will go out and gather the things that it's supposed to gather. I've been explaining again and again, the word thinks. It knows what you need even when you don't know it. I hope you're getting my point here. If a man is sick and it's a particular food he needs, so that maybe, for example, he's lacking a particular vitamin, and he doesn't know, the doctors don't realize that's what's it. Because these vitamin deficiencies, they behave like crazy people. Are you getting my point? You can manifest in an, an odd way. If that man, if that woman would declare the word of God upon that illness, the word knows that the problem is that it's deficient in this thing. It can produce it supernaturally or cause that food to be brought to him for him to eat. Are you getting my point? He can send somebody to him that has the knowledge of what is going on and say to him, listen, Oh, you are ill. This is the reason why you are ill. Don't worry about it. It's not a serious thing. Just eat this food for the next three days. And it will be God manifesting in his life. You are getting my point. That is the word reasons. The word reasons. If we declare it, it knows. You know, what we used to think is that the word is just a set of methods, a set of instructions. So that if there's no particular instruction in it, we wonder what I was supposed to do. If you just declare that word, okay, the word knows how to arrange events. It can bring the kind of human help you need. It will bring it to you. All right? It can drive people away from your presence. The word reasons. In this particular situation, that, woman, that, that man, he made everybody declare God's word. You know, I told you a testimony before. You know, I've told this story many times. But it still intrigues me anytime. You know, I remember it. You know, the thing is so interesting. I was a young, of course, a young guy on campus. But I was, I was Timothy. You know what I'm trying to say? I was the president of my fellowship. Even that time, I was still very young. And, of course, being the boss, forget your age, people will bring problems to you. <laughs> so I still remember that day, after fellowship, I was standing, we were just doing some things, and this young woman came up to me, and she could see her eyes, she, she had been crying the whole day. And she just came to tell me that, he said, I should pray for her. About what? That they're about to withdraw her from her faculty, from her department. Ah, what am I supposed to say in prayer? I don't know whether you're getting my point. I was so confused. I just told her simply, um, um, I'll see you later, I'll see you later. Okay, well, what was your room number? She told me her room number. I said, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. This was, our fellowships are in the evening, so it's already late. We used to meet from like 8 o'clock to like 10. 
So by this time, it was a past 10. Of course, campus, most of us stayed on campus. But it was late to so go visiting people. I will see you tomorrow. So tomorrow evening, after my lectures and everything, I went to look for the room. And the young woman was actually waiting. I'm so, I still remember, I'm so glad I went. I'm so glad I went. But he said, what did I go there to do? I didn't know what to say. Now, sometimes ignorance is good for you. Amen? Experience is bad for you. <laughs> because I knew nothing to say, the only thing I could do was to just be quoting scripture. Which some people will now say, get practical. Listen, let me tell you, anybody that tells you get practical, he does not know the word of God. He does not know how it works. Listen, the word of God is practicality in itself. It can handle its own practicality. It's not my job to handle it for him. Are you getting my point? The word of God is described as living and active. It's living, it's alive. Are you getting my point? It can think. But I didn't know all of this since that time. It was just because I knew nothing else to do. And because hands had been laid upon me that you are now the president of this fellowship. Okay? An anointing followed it. So because of that anointing, I was able to do some functions. I just got there that day. I sat down. What news have I brought? Nothing. I just brought out the scripture. I began to read. The Bible says, Himself took our infirmities and our diseases. By his stripes, you have been healed. I don't know what I have to do with academics. I just keep on quoting the scripture. You are the head. You are not the tail. I just said something. What I, just, what I still remember, I, that picture is still in my head. As I was talking, she was getting lighter. As I was talking, she was getting lighter. I did, listen, I, I'm telling you the truth. I had nothing to say. Because I had nothing to say, I could only quote scripture. I was just telling you what the Bible says. The scripture says this. As I was talking, she was getting lighter. By the time I was done, I was there for maybe like 15, 20 minutes. By the time I was done, she could hardly sit down with excitement. She was so happy. When she was seeing me off, she was all smiles, all joy. I left her and said, God, over to you. I mean, how, what has this got to do with somebody about to be withdrawn from her faculty? Because of poor performance. I forgot all about it. The word works. I forgot all about it. I don't know how long after, one day I was standing in fellowship again, like we finished fellowship, she just walked up to me, so she, just, she wanted to update me on what happened. Okay, what happened? I remember that particular, like, what happened? He said that when she went to see the dean, the dean told her that, okay, if she will repeat this course, repeat this one, and take this one, and take this one, they will not withdraw her again from the faculty. Just wanted me to know. I said, praise God in my mind. Oh, Father God. <laughs> I remember, I've told that story many times because it's one situation that showed me how the world works. I, I mean, I was a young student too. What can a student do for you? Know, sometimes when you have too much connection, that's why the world can't work. Are you getting my point? Assuming my father was a lecturer in the university, an influential person, what's the thing that I would say? I said, don't worry, what, what, what faculty are you in? Let me talk to my dad. Maybe he knows your dean. Are you getting my point? I'll have gone home and said, that, yeah, good, good afternoon. There's one of our sisters in fellowship. She's having one problem. I don't know what we are going to do. I don't know whether you can help. Are you getting my point? He said, okay, okay, remind me. Remind you about what? Do you know how many people have problems on campus? <laughs> There are all kinds of problems now. I will go after some time again. She will ask me, say, okay, uh, how far now? Ah, I'm supposed to go home on the weekend. The weekend, I'll see my dad. I'll see my dad. And then I'll... But because I didn't have this option. If I, could, I, I, I remember I didn't even discuss, I didn't even discuss with anybody. But what I just remember that day doing, I remember this one very well. Before I left my room, I prayed. That God, oh, help me to help this young woman. Oh. And when I got there, I guess it was the Holy Spirit. Just came upon me. I, but I remember that very well. All I was just doing was teaching her again 
Those things we had learned about the new creation in Christ Jesus. How come we are overcomers in Christ? How old things are passed away? Just talk all of those things. And the word became flesh and dwelt in the faculty. Are you getting my point? And rearranged events so that that girl stayed in her faculty and she was not withdrawn. That is what I mean when I say the word works. And God said, how do you solve problems? We began that last week. He said, just lift up this word. He gave to Moses in Exodus chapter 4 that with this rod you will do signs. And we read one of those signs in that chapter 14. It was time to divide the Red Sea. And he said to Moses, why are you shouting and making all this noise and claiming you are praying? Why don't you just lift up that rod and we see it, you divide the sea. With that rod, you divide the Red Sea. I don't have to do it myself. I have put the power in your mouth. And that was precisely what God told Jeremiah. Okay? He said, Jeremiah, this is how I have empowered you. You know the truth? Christians love to pray. This is our school of prayer. It was not my idea to start a school of prayer. One day I was just praying in my, where I used to live before. I still remember that day. And the idea just came to my head. Like start a school of prayer and teach Christians how to pray. Okay? And I know it was the Holy Spirit. And that's why I just came here. Then we used to do school of Bible exegesis. And now came and said, okay, we are starting a school of prayer. And the more we do it, the more I realize why the Holy Spirit wanted us to do it. Because many times Christians don't pray. They cry. They lament, they whine. And the more they whine, the more they think they are praying. Just because they spend time alone and they claim they are talking to God, they think they are praying. But God said to Moses, listen, enough of this noise making. When we started this deal, we said, take a rod. When you find a problem, stretch that rod over it. Use the rod to do science. And God said, this is what I'm doing for you, my children. Every day you go to study the scriptures. You go to a Bible teaching. All right? You read your Bible. What I'm doing is delivering rods to you. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. I'm delivering rods to you. Every rod I give to you confers upon your authority to control certain situations. Are you getting my point? Every time I give you something, the new thing I give you is supposed to control certain situations for you. So anytime you get into a situation, you feel for the appropriate rod. You are getting my point? You fish for the appropriate one. Let's quickly talk about the country. Christians, most of them, they don't lift up rods. Are you getting my point? They complain like the children of Israel. They complain. God didn't arrange things the way they wanted it. They wanted a Christian president. They did not get it. So for the next four years or eight years, the plan is to whine and complain and get up every day, declare about Islamic agenda. Are you getting my point? Let me say it again. I'm going to say this until many people hear it and get converted. It's an Islamic agenda, Islamic agenda, Islamic agenda. As if it is, it is wrong to have an agenda. Everybody must have an agenda. Are you getting my point? If you don't have an agenda, you have a problem. And if, you're, if, you're, if your neighbor has an agenda, it doesn't mean there's any special thing. Everybody must have an agenda. In your office, people have an agenda for promotion. Okay? And if you really believe in your religion, you must have an agenda for propagating it. And God has said clearly, hear the word of the Lord. Do not concern yourself about the Islamic agenda. It is not a strange thing that somebody has an agenda. Even if it's not taking center stage, everybody has an agenda. What you should concern yourself with is your own agenda. Are you getting my point? Have an agenda according to what I have commanded you. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's the commandment I have given you. Develop an agenda concerning it. Now over your agenda, I have given you rods. What are the rods you use? Of the increase of his government and of peace, 
there shall be no end. The gates of hell, he said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We have a testimony in the book of Acts that the word of God mightily grew and it prevailed. These are the words we keep over our own agenda. But most people don't know. They are just going around worrying about somebody else's agenda. And let me say to you, say to you again, God will never, listen to me, this is the word of God. This is how it works. He will never stop the Islamic agenda unless there is a super imposing Christian agenda. What ends every agenda in life is a valid, I don't want to use the word godly agenda, is a valid agenda of the righteousness of God. Let me put it like that. That is the only thing. So all this one fighting say Islamic agenda will not stand. It will stand unless you have your own agenda. I know you are hearing a different kind of gospel. But this is the correct one. This is the correct one. You cannot pray Islamic agenda not to stand unless you have your own agenda. Listen, in Europe, even when Islam did not create a good agenda, God helped them with agenda. Yes, no. Germany last year took one million Muslim refugees. One million in one year. One million people who are having children. One million people who don't believe in contraception. One million people who European law says you must settle. And then the Saudis came to help the refugees settle. The king of Saudi Arabia donated money for building of mosques for the refugees. But he didn't take one into his country. He gave millions of dollars to build mosques. And Christians said, see you, see you, see you. I said, shut up! Where is your own agenda? You know, people are very funny. They sit down and say, hey, they are coming to the south. Why don't you settle down and say, like one of my friends did in, they did in, in Asaba, started a church for the other people. How many of the churches have carried evangelism to the place? How many churches have gotten up and said, listen, let us go to all these men who dig all over the place, start preaching to them. Many of them, are no, they are nominally Christians. And then the ones that are not, preach to them too. Invite them to church, do banquet, come and eat, come and hear the gospel. At least here, nobody will persecute if you become a Christian. We don't take advantage of that. We we'll sit down and be watching and say, they are coming, they are coming. God is okay, preach to them now. You have no Christian agenda, and you say Islamic agenda will not stand. You smoke. The only thing that will make it not stand is what I'm preaching. Is when you get up and develop the agenda of the righteousness of God according to the commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ. And say, no, we'll not be the one retreating. Let them worry about our agenda. We're true Christians. Let me not get there. When I get there these days, I get stuck. Let me leave that message. So don't leave it. If they forward that rubbish to you, delete it. No, reply to the person say, this Islamic agenda, thank God for it. What about the Christian agenda? Where is it? For, let, why don't we drown WhatsApp with our plans? Say, brethren, pray. 25 crusades in 25 northern cities over the next 25 months. Why don't we start circulating that? Our own is at pray that the appointment into Nigerian Post Authority will not stand. Why won't you stand? Men must walk. <laughs> Give me something better to pray about. One of the circulated is that ah, about 200 missionaries are going back to Bono State. 
pray for their protection. No, we don't get that. What we hear is that there's agenda. Let's get back to our road business. <laughs> the Lord is good. Listen, when we develop our own agenda, God has given us the road to carry over it. Is that God is solving problems for us? He said, listen, I empower you with my word. How do you solve situations? Lift up that word over every situation. And this issue, many of the things we are doing in life, I even, last time I talked about even when it comes to using medical help. That's Joshua in battle. When you are reading for an exam, studying for a promotion, that's Joshua in battle. When you are strategizing for your business, that's Joshua in battle. No matter what Joshua does physically in the battle against Amalek, it will not succeed unless Moses has his hands up with the rod of God in it upon the mountain. And that's what I want to emphasize again today. Lift up that rod and then keep it up. I read this particular portion, Exodus chapter 14, to emphasize something. To emphasize the fact that, just go back there. If you want to pray for Nigeria now concerning any agenda, let me, let me beg you. Let the word Islamic agenda not show up in your mouth for the next few months. Don't pray against Islamic agenda. It's not necessary. Say, Pastor Banki, what are you saying? Okay, two things. One, it's not necessary. Two, the one you prayed before is working. Leave it. God does not allow a vacuum. There must be an agenda. The active agenda is the one that will work. If you like, eh? pray, 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 pray against Islamic agenda. When God stops the Islamic agenda, he will now wait for a few weeks. He said, boys, what do I replace this with? He said, God, we are coming. It's no problem. Wait for a few weeks. Let me tell you something. In heaven, <laughs> heaven is a, the judgment throne of God. It's an active place. Very active. People are always coming, presenting petitions and arguments. Always. So if God stops agenda, there are people who have come to petition for the progress of their own agenda. And God is fair. God is not partial. When Satan comes, he didn't get angry. He asked him, what's the problem? Where are you coming from? That's how he behaves. If God is sitting on the throne and everybody comes with the agenda matter, are you following my point? He will listen to everybody, including the chief imam of the mosque in Riyadh. God must listen to him. Otherwise, he's not the judge of the whole earth. As judge of the whole earth, he must listen. And that one will say, we have an agenda. We want to Islamize Nigeria. And God will say, how do you plan to do it? It sounds funny when I'm saying things like this. You don't know what they call God the judge. A judge is totally impartial. Why do you want to do it? And if they give sound arguments and you are not there to defend, if you just go and say, he can't do it, and God says, why not? I don't like it. (laughs) The Lord will say, find me something better. If the man comes, listen, if the fellow comes regularly and is persistent, God has to avenge him of his adversary. Go and read that scripture. That woman was not a Christian like so. It's just, why did she get it? She was persistent in her coming. When people keep on coming, but you know, Christians are very funny. I love them, they are my brethren, I'm one of them. 
We always magnify what Muslims are doing. Ramadan is coming. Anytime they pray like this, they get something. And we are afraid. Muslims fast for 40, 40 days, so we are trembling. I got one prayer point today. I was for the first time. Someone said, let's join Ramadan fast. Initially, I was like, what is going on here? But when I began to read the prayer, they said, let's join the fast. They said, we should join the prayers every day. Join Ramadan fast. Pray that Muslims will seek God himself and not religion. Valid prayer point. Pray that Muslims will find Christ in nations that do not have freedom of faith We find ways to be a clear testimony to their relatives and friends. Pray for Muslims who are longing for the greater understanding of God's presence, that they will find him through any possible means. Pray that God will foster greater unity amongst missionaries to Muslims and give clarity about the role of outsiders in supporting the local church. He said, pray for a revelation of the person of Jesus Christ who is fully able to draw all men, including Muslims, to himself. He says from Capro. Many of us know about Capro. I said, this is good. This is a Christian agenda. Did you notice none of them say, pray that the Islamic agenda will not progress. This is the kind of prayer. You can't go to the throne of God and just be fighting somebody else when you have no plans. He said, Lord, I want to pray. Why? My colleague should not pass. He said, if he passes now, he will overtake me. Because what? what did he say? You see, he's a, he's a member of a cult. I don't want him to pass. Because, no, do you think God will answer that question? That prayer point? Think about it. Let me tell you, in case you don't know, He won't answer. He will not answer you. But if you come and pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to pass. As I'm reading, let me understand. You just be dishing out answer like this. So, what about your friend who's in the court? Ah, Lord, don't mind him. He's blind. Open his eyes. In the name of Jesus, open his eyes. Answer will just be, you know, God will just be dishing out answer like this. Boy, you come and say, in this class, he will not pass. He can't pass. What is it? <laughs> Angel just said, well, go and cry in that corner. Next. <laughs> That's how Christians are behaving, you know. I feel like, I'm sure, I'm sure God wants me to say this thing because I'm not going to get back to my message. All right? That's how Christians are behaving. Look, if you are interested, join that 40 days Ramadan fast for those prayers. As you wake up at 5 a.m., you two wake up too. And they say, Allah, Akubaru is a God, is a lie. You only. <laughs> he said, You only. As I shouted early in the morning, you only are the king. We pray for a revelation. Send laborers, Lord, into the harvest. Send resources. Lord, as they go forth, let your angels surround them. Deliver them the way you delivered Elisha from the hand of the king. Deliver them the way you delivered Daniel. Deliver the missionaries the way you delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You pray. When you pray like that for a few days, and even you say, anointing will enter you, you will become a missionary. That's how to pray agenda. Are you getting my point? This one to get in, to get in a knee jerk every time you hear that Buhari makes an appointment. The person is from Damawa State and he's a Muslim. We'll come to church, brethren. Let us pray that no more Muslims will get no more Muslims will get jobs in Nigeria. All of them should be jobless, so agenda will not progress. If you were God, will you answer you? The Lord is good. <laughs> Back to my message. Where was I? We're trying to read Exodus chapter fourteen. 
to emphasize a point. Let's get back to that. Now what I want to bring out is the fact that when Moses in verse 21 stretched his hand over the sea, the Lord swept the sea back by a strong east wind all night. Somebody say all night. All night. And turned the sea into dry land. My emphasis is the fact that it was what? All night. It wasn't one hour. It wasn't two hours. It must have been like three, four, five hours. I don't know the exact length of the time of the night that the Lord calculated there. But one thing is certain, it was many hours. And you will see, if we draw the parallel from that one, from chapter 17, in which they were fighting, throughout the time of the battle, the hands of Moses had to be up bearing the rod. We have established that the rod is the word of God. The problem, I said to us, I don't know whether it was on Tuesday or on Saturday, that one of the major problems in Christianity is the impression we have that God does his miracles quick, quick. Sometimes he does quick, quick. At other times he does it not so quick. But whatever he wants to do, eventually he will do it if he finds faith in the hearts of the people. What happens a lot of times is that people drop back from faith. He said if he shall draw back, it shows that people sometimes they they draw back. And my message today is that the rod must be lifted up and it must be kept up. Let me say something about habits again. You must have a rod habit. You you, you remember a rod habit? Yes, it's important. That's why I said, look, write things on your wall. Play music that reminds you, are you getting me? Of the word of God. Don't just play music because somebody says he's a Christian. And then when they sing, at least you have pacified your conscience that he's a Christian. Listen, I don't believe in that. If you want to listen to Two-Face, listen to him. Are you getting what I'm saying? No, no, what I mean is this. Get my point. The fact that somebody says he's a Christian is not what makes his music good. Some people, they were Christians until the door opened. And then they said, free me. They began to (laughs) sing all kinds of things. I mean, we heard of the bunch, choir leader, not in any church, just any house church. Once one brother, Jay Martin, I know Jay Martin a bit, he sang a song and carried the scripture and murdered it. And he still goes to Dominion City. Very talented. I bought this album when it came out because I know him personally. That was the only one that was Christian. He said, get to drop your cross and follow me. Did you hear that? If you want to be... How did that song go again? Get to drop your cross and follow me. I said, are you mad? Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. <laughs> Jesus Matthew said, put it down and follow me. No, go and get the album. That's his first album. He said, you have to drop your cross to follow Christ. I said, come, is it Christ you are following or T.B. Joshua? We must understand. <laughs> because... You cannot, listen, you cannot follow Jesus by doing what he said you should not do. You know, there are mistakes musicians make. Are you sure this is not deliberate? Some people just think some things. You start believing this Illuminati story. <laughs> yes, you feel like asking the guy, say, come. You've been going to church. Yet you are singing, drop your cross to follow Christ. Now, that's by the way, that's not our message. I don't emphasize that. If I somebody calls himself a Christian, Watch what they are saying. Are you getting my point? 
If they start singing for you, all my enemies die, 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 delete the song. Thank God they are digital music. Just click, 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 delete. Delete. Use songs to remind yourself of the word of God. That's something I emphasize. Because what you do, okay, is to keep the rod lifted. And I'm trying to emphasize that you make it a habit. We are reading the fact that he said it drew the thing all night. We know that if Moses withdraws his focus from what we read from that mountain, okay, they begin to lose the battle. It means, therefore, if you lose focus, if you lose the tenacity of lifting the word up throughout the battle, then life is a battle. Your so-called enemy starts getting stronger and you start getting weaker. Listen, I keep on saying this. What the world does is to lift up something else for us to look at. That's what the world does. They paint a gloomy picture of the economy because the price of um, crude, crude oil, the price went down. Now, what I don't understand is that, what I mean is this. Is it surprising it went down? Once I sat down and decided to do small history on it, it checks the history. It has always gone down and then gone up. That is, anytime you see it going up, it's a wave. It will go down again. By the time Obasanjo came into power, some 16 years ago, okay, it was as low as $22 a barrel. People seem to forget. Abacha sold fuel at a time, crude oil, at $17 a barrel. Are you aware of that? It happened at the time. It keeps swinging. Yet they put the picture up for you every day as if this is the determination of your destiny. Listen, in these so-called trying times, it's time to keep that rod persistently up. You must never, that is, you keep it up persistently. Don't let anything bring it down from your hands. I said something earlier, the world does its thinking. And you wake up in the morning with a hungry stomach. Lift up the rod. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That is, don't do too much reasoning. That's my message in modern times. No more, not, don't do too much reasoning. Commit your ways unto the hands of the Lord. Don't make too many specific plans and say, God, I want this one to come to pass. Just wake up in the morning and lift that rod up. Especially in a time like this, economic problems. Lift the rod up. When Ebola was you know, threatening to come into Nigeria, everybody began to bathe with salt water. That, is, that was the time people were supposed to take the rod and lift it up. Thank God, you know, crisis is good. Man, Nigerians pray though. So say, even before God answered, Ebola ran. That is, <laughs> Did he run away? What am I going to say? What happens in life Things happen so that they will, they will bring down your rod. And let me tell you something they do most of the time. In the Satan, the Satan is not as stupid, you know. He's not stupid. Let me tell you something. Satan will never come to you and tell you, bring down your rod. He never, he won't say that. Say, child of God, stop confessing. What are you confessing? Why do you confess the word? Who told you the word works? He's not that stupid. You know what he does? I'll tell you, that's what life is. He tells you, you held this rod long enough for a long time. Okay? Take this other one now. Hold on small. What is that one? 
John Mason. Brian Tracy. What's the name of the other guy? Okay, Stephen Covey. There's not one other one. I'm trying to remember. He asked movies. Hmm? <laughs> Somebody said Donald Trump. <laughs> not if you One of the very big ones. I've forgotten his name now. Tall guy. You know, he asked movies also. Eh? Anthony Robbins. Thank you. Anthony Robbins. Eh? Hold this one small too. It gives you 40, 58 laws of power. Hold it also. That's what he does. Makes them look Christian. Tell you, give a book like The Secret. Hold it up also. Then people neglect. You see, let me tell you, the defense for the believer is that make sure it is what is written. That's what he does. Another thing he does is to keep the people busy. If I say this, you are going to laugh. Say, ah, these times that are difficult, let's entertain them some more. So releases more movies and more UEFA championship cups, competition all over the place, AFCON, World Cup, all of them will come in one month. What do you call it? Copa America. And the other day I was taught that there's one particular one they say El Clasico. I thought it was a cup. They say it's not cup. There's only there are two boys. When they meet, it's always El Clasico. Who and who now? Barcelona and uh-huh, Barcelona and Real Madrid. I thought it was a but first day I heard it, I thought it was um, a particular competition. So they are doing Air Classical. Let's go. So you are not watching Air Classical. I said, like, which country is that? Which tournament is it? <laughs> yeah, that's what it does. Keeps people very, very busy. They are so busy that the time they should have spent keeping their rod up while Joshua is out there fighting. Her and Moses and Zayn said, who scored the goal? <laughs> Aaron said, I didn't watch that match. Oh. You didn't watch it. You missed it. Oh. Why Joshua they die for that? <laughs> no, th- listen, that's all Satan does. He will never come to the child of God and say, Hey, drop your rod. I tell you, no, 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 drop your rod. He won't. Just come and say, This is your rod, you've had it for some time. Hold this one and let's just keep this one down for a while. This one is also good. They look, they look alike, don't they? Yes, this one is by uh, Anthony Robbins. It also works. Try it. So the guy drops the rod for a moment and carries the other one. And Satan says he's been distracted. Give him a plasma TV with um, what's the PVR, no, what do they call it? DSTV Explorer. Keep him busy. Make sure he doesn't leave this rod up again. And then when, the, when things don't work out well, he says, find him an explanation. It's not his fault. It's the economy. It's the price of crude. It's not your fault. Can't you see the way dollar went up? From 140, became 280. You didn't stop there. Came 350. Your business died. Is it your fault? Say, no, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. <laughs> what are you going to do? Want to find a visa? Yes. Do you want me to help you? Yes. <laughs> Swear that your name is no longer this. This is now your new name. <laughs> That's how he does it. That's how he does it. When people have dropped their rod, they start, that all kinds of magic follows their life. My message to you today is this. Listen, there is a rod. It doesn't have to make sense. It can be the same word. Listen, what God does to quicken a word for you, it can be a word as simple as, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That rod, that rod looks so simple and familiar. But when it connects with you, hold it up and don't ever break it down. 
Like somebody said, he said, he will just die. He said, at least write on, the, on my tombstone. This fellow died believing God. Make up your mind that if it is to die, I will die believing God. Listen, when you have that kind of determination, it might take a whole night, but that Red Sea will part. That's what I'm talking about. That Red Sea will part. Our rod is a simple word of God. No explanation. Like I said, we're talking about finances. He, he was rich. He became poor. That I, through his poverty, might be made rich. He makes all grace abound towards me. I have all sufficiency in all things. And I abound to every good work. Again, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Are you getting my point? Simple rod. Simple Oh God, I pray we'll just get what I'm going to say. It is not even in the name of Jesus. I declare that the Lord is. If not so, you like him, fine. But it's not necessary. What did I say? It's not necessary. If you like it like that, fine. I'm not saying it's a problem. But as simple as you wake up in the morning, sit at the edge of your bed, rub your eyes. Thank you, Father, for another day. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It is written, you make all grace abound towards me. I have all sufficiency in all things and I abound to every good work. In the name of Jesus, I go about my day today. Just, that thing is not, is life. Are you getting my point? You have issued out bullets, ammunition. It has gone out, it is working. Let me say to you again. It will get you a job you do not apply for. See, the day you need to read the paper, hmm? Even though you did not buy it, the word will give it to you. It will open the page for you and say, look, that's your job waiting. That's what I'm going to emphasize. It is not the amount of effort you put into keeping up with the advertisements. I remember once when I was in Lagos, just to let you know how things work. I just finished my own wife at that time and God didn't want me to work. Now I know now he didn't want it, okay, for that period. So I was trying to get a job. Of course, I applied in Luz for my residency. We're now waiting. 